What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Please take your seats. School is now in session. Welcome to Homeschool Podcast. Homeschool. The Homeschool Podcast. Why? Because it was homeschool. It's time to document the journey. Happy New Year. Welcome back to Homeschool Podcast. I'm Augustino Zoida. It's great to have you guys back. I hope you guys had a great holiday weekend, Christmas week. I hope you had a great New Year's Eve weekend. Um, I, I was on the road for New Year's Eve weekend. I was working in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I haven't talked to you guys since, so I hope you had a good one. I hope you enjoyed the last episode. I had a nice uh, Christmas episode. We had Zach Ward from A Christmas Story and, and the sequel on um and then i don't know if you guys have been following but i've got a second podcast that just talks about movies this is more you know homeschool podcast is more stand-up comedy um almost you know just sharing uh almost like a comedy class but not really sharing experiences of a stand-up comic stories cool guests anybody who's uh you know entrepreneur and how to teach themselves everything and, and uh, pursuing their own dreams. But then, yeah, so hey, if you haven't been following, i got another podcast. It's called The Movie Stash. That one's all movies. I co-host with my buddy Kevin Lyons where we, uh, they, we it, it always ends with a movie trivia round, and whoever wins that gets to pick the next movie that we force the other one to watch and uh, and discuss. So we're discussing movies, rating movies. And it's, it's good. It's a lot of fun. So um, <clears throat> sorry if we missed you on New Year's, but you did have that one, and then, there, uh, then the other one also came out. Plus, I did somebody else's podcast that week. Uh, there's a little too much me out there in the universe, everybody. So, uh, by the way, if you were at the Arizona shows on New Year's weekend, thank you so much for coming out. I had a blast with you people. We're awesome. Um, it just, just great. Overall, powerful, powerful numbers from uh, in terms of like audience turnout. It was it was great, and just and just 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 fun people, man. Um, Thursday night, I mean, was even crowded. It was like 150 people for Thursday, guys. That's off the hook, and it was great. And uh, Thursday, I'm not going to lie. If you were at the Thursday show, uh, you were not my favorite audience. It was one of those audiences, and if you're a comic, you know this. Like Sometimes there'll be an audience, and you think you're just bombing. You think they don't like you. And then when you get off stage and people are like saying hi to you after the show and stuff, they're like, Oh my God, I love you. I saw funny. I love, I don't know if they're just being nice, but I really don't think so. I really think that they in genuinely enjoyed themselves. And it was just one of those audiences that were not super loud and vocal about it. You'll run into those every now and then. And of course, every now and then there's bad crowds. Um, 
I don't think this was a bad crowd. I just think they were a quiet one um, compared to like the Friday shows and the Saturday shows, which are, you know, obviously way more packed. Um, the early ones are all sold out. And, uh, but the energy was just there. The energy is now, now 150 people for a Thursday night is a lot of energy too. It's just, you know, sometimes, listen, I've done sold out shows where it was the same thing. You know, it was just people. Now, listen, guys, you gotta, you gotta have really good self-awareness on this one. So this is one of the things that we're going to talk about today. <clears throat> gotta have really good self-awareness on this one. So, um, sometimes it is you that you aren't funny. Okay. Um, a lot of the times it can be that now, if you're a comedian, you've probably heard a lot that they'll say, never blame the audience. Um, I agree with what this is, uh, with what this is trying to do. I love the fact that a comic should always be their own worst critic. Okay. Um, I love the fact that an audience go to shouldn't be that crowd sucked. They should always look at what they could have done better. So I love the merit behind the saying, Never blame the audience. However, it is completely and utterly bullshit. It, 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 it's, it's not that you should never blame the audience. Sometimes it is you, okay? Sometimes you bombed. Sometimes you weren't funny. Sometimes they just didn't find you funny. Or there's little things you could have done to be better. Which we'll talk about in a second. But... It's to say like never blame the audience. It's 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 asinine. It's it's like a completely a factor. Are you telling me that like the 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 one of the biggest things of being a stand up comedian, which is an audience, is not a factor? Of course it is. There are many factors. You've got if a place is empty, you know, obviously you're gonna get a bigger reaction if it's packed. Um, but then again, I've done rooms where I've like killed it with four in front of four people, uh. It's, it's, but but then again, you have to like lower your standards for four people. So on a four people crowd, yes, I've killed it. But obviously, there are factors. If the audience is not seated correctly, like if the club doesn't know how to seat people, they just let them sit wherever they want. Ends up happening is like he got the whole front row empty. Then you got scattered people over here, someone over on this side. Now every time you're doing a joke, you got to keep looking left and right, which throws off your rhythm and timing. Um. Not to mention laughter is contagious. So if you're sitting close to someone who's laughing, uh, you, you, you know they'll laugh more. If you are um, in a room that's too light, lighting has to do with it. If people feel like they're too exposed and you would hear them laugh, they won't laugh as much because they feel embarrassed because people can actually see who laughed at what. But So a darker room is better. People feel more secure that they can laugh at stuff especially if it's crowded. Um, lower ceilings is a thing. You know, the laughs don't go up and out. They stay compact or, um, you know, a room that doesn't go super far back, the laughs come back at you. Like So there's room factors. Uh, you know, you got a group of people that could have just been all working all day like a Thursday night crowd, you know, or a Friday night crowd. And you got, um, you know, people who who just are, were in a mood, and, and yes, every now and then there are those crowds. Guys, I've been doing comedy almost fourteen years. This February will be fourteen years, and I'm telling you that those crowds just exist. There are the crowds that are just—they had a great time, and they didn't let you know until after the show. They told you verbally instead of just laughing and showing it. It, it, it just exists. <clears throat> now that's not an excuse 
for you to not do better, okay? You should always, that's why I said I love the merit behind the expression, never blame the crowd. I just don't believe that it's true, but I, um, I like what it is. I like what it's endorsing. I like, you should always be your own worst critic. Always think what could have you done different. Hopefully you're always learning every single show, um, improving yourself, you know, uh, there are times where there are times where it was you now. I would say over this weekend in Arizona was um, my favorite my my favorite show of the weekend was Saturday, which was New Year's Eve, the early show, not the late late one where where you count down to midnight. Although all shows were great. Again, if you were at the Phoenix House of Comedy this weekend, thank you very much for coming out. And um, I'll be back soon. We'll talk about that a little later. But. Um, Favorite show was the early show Saturday. Least favorite show was the Thursday night, um, which ended up being good after all. People did like me. They were just a little quiet. But I, you know, we, us comics, we feed off the energy. Um, and then I've noticed like a couple of like Friday shows. I think it was the Thursday and Friday show where like I could have done better. You know, I definitely, like I said, Saturday early show was my favorite. But the other shows, although there were factors, I know that there were things I could have done. So like, let me give you guys an example. <clears throat> One of the things I was doing, I was on stage. It was Thursday. Okay, now I remember. It was that Thursday show. So, yes, I do think it was one of those audiences. But you always have to ask yourself, what could have I have done to be better? Okay? So, it was my I – have, I haven't been to the, that particular location in like two years. I forgot how high the stage was. A lot of stages, I don't know if you guys can hear the rain right now. You hear that? It's raining in Southern California. Coming at you from the Homeschool Podcast Studio in Southern California in my uh, garage where you can hear the rain. All right. So um, a lot of stages and, the mo- and, and stages I'm really used to, more commonly a stage will be like really wide or like in front of you, you know, so you can like kind of really walk out to the edge of the stage if you want to walk back and forth, interact with people and things like that. Now, uh, this stage is big but high, not big wide. So you can't really walk around as much. There's a stool and a mic stand on there. So it's already narrow. It's just high up above everybody. But it's just narrow. So you're not walking that much and you can't walk, which is fine. You don't necessarily need to be moving around a whole bunch when you're doing stand-up. But I mean, sometimes I do like to walk out a little further, but you couldn't. You're kind of stuck in that movement. Um, And you're so much higher, which I haven't done that club in two years. And it threw me off for a second. Now, is any of this a valid excuse for not doing your absolute best? Absolutely fucking not. But I will tell you what it did do. It Everything I just told you about the stage, I thought it while I was on stage. That's what fucked me up. If you are thinking about things like that, then you're not in the moment. You're not performing in front of that group of people. You're just going through your script. You're going through the motions. But meanwhile, in your head, you're thinking all this. How did I have time to think about, oh, the stage is higher than I remember. Oh, I can't really walk that out that much because, well, because it's high this way, not this way. How the fuck am I able to think all this when I'm on stage performing? That's called being in your head, okay? And the only way I can describe what it's like to be in your head while you're on stage performing is it feels like 
you're not on stage. It feels like you're outside and you're staring through a window that is you on stage. You're watching yourself on stage while you're outside looking through a window. Like that's what it feels like to be in your head. And it's just really not ever good. You never want to be in your head. I'm a big believer in material. I'm not a big crowd work guy. I'm a writer. I like keeping to my material, but you should also be in the moment. And if, you know, something happens in the room, you adapt, you adjust to it. Uh, um, you know, but, and if nothing was happening in the room, I should have been in the moment anyway of selling my jokes as if it was the first time I had ever heard them because it was the first time that these people ever heard them and they should have been getting the best performance. Now, do I think that they were one of those audiences that just weren't super vocal? Yes. However, always ask, how could you have done better? Okay. So that's uh, that's lesson number one. Now uh, let's talk about some things that are going on in uh, in my comedy, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. So <clears throat> this, uh, by the way, okay. So um, again, thank you for coming out to Arizona. I will be back there headlining it myself, June twenty second through the twenty fifth. Now this time the New Year's Eve weekend, I wasn't headlining. I was actually featuring for a comedian named Tricks, very very funny comedian who I like working with a lot. Because he's never come up to me after a show and told me not to do a certain joke or try to be cleaner or do this or don't do that. Um, You'll be surprised at how many comics will do that to you. Um, And that's why there's only a handful of people that I'll still agree to, to feature for. And, and the list list keeps getting smaller for, for this reason. And also, I just think that I should keep promoting myself and not demoting myself. But um, th- that's the reason why. There's like, uh, Joey Diaz never once told me, don't do this joke. Don't do that joke. Be clean. Uh, you know, I have a similar joke, so don't do that one. Never. Never even once, like, gave a shit about what I said his credits were. I think maybe once because he had a movie coming out and he just said, make sure you mention the movie. You know, that, that that was it. Like, that's something I really respected. I mean, if he gave me any notes, it was notes. It was help. It wasn't, don't do this joke, it's too dirty. It was help. It was like, hey, I think you say the word bitch too much in that joke. It loses its power. You know, you say it once here. Like, he's giving me notes, but never don't do this. Um Jimmy Schubert is a guy that I'll still open for because the guy is just a crusher. It's just a crusher. I never have to worry about like murdering. And then the headliner comes up to me and goes like, oh, can you tone it down or can you not do that joke anymore because it's too dirty? But in actuality, it's the, the reasons they can't follow it. Um, I never have to worry about that with a guy like Jimmy Schubert because the guy's a fucking murderer. He doesn't care who he follows. Um, uh, uh, you know, Sam Tripoli too is always you know, been the attitude of do whatever you want, you know, do whatever you want out there. Just have fun. Like that's, that's his attitude. And, and also he's, um, he's got a, he's got his, he's a niche following. So I like going on the roads with guys who are really like selling tickets to people that are there to see them. You know, sometimes you'll go like, if you come to see me, you 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 probably don't know me unless you're like a giant fan of this podcast or you've heard me on other podcasts or stuff like that. You follow me on TikTok or whatever the fuck it is. But for the most part, if you come to see me, I'm not a household name. You're coming to take a chance on me. You're coming because it's Saturday night. It's comedy. It's something to do. 
Uh, this, I, I got some credits that you might have heard of. Let's go see if this guy's funny. Like, that's why you're coming to see me. And the more fame you get or following you get, I should say, it's it's less of that. Like, right now, I'd say I'm like 90% that and 10% people that are actually know me, okay? Eventually, you have like, let's say you have like a po- uh, popular podcast or something like that. Now, those guys usually will go out. The, your audience comes out in the late shows um, or a Thursday but, you know, your Saturday early shows, you still have 50% of the room is people that are just going out to see stand-up. And then the other 50% are your fans. So if you keep building this following, you, you know, you're just increasing the odds of stacking the room to be your people. And I really like working with guys that have their own following. Like Sam Tripoli's got a niche following of from the conspiracy podcast that he does. So, like, I like going with guys like that because they'll never come up to me afterward and be like, don't do this joke or be cleaner or, or, or they're worried about, like, you doing too well or something like that because those people at the end of the day are there to see them. They, they don't give a shit what the fuck you do. You know, they, they don't know who the hell you are. You can go up there, do great, fine. And then they, and, you know, they're waiting to see the guy they couldn't see. That, that's, that's why I like those types of audiences too. Uh, and Trix is one of those guys that's like, he's a good comic. So he, he does also doesn't ever need to worry about follow who he's going to follow. And he's just a good guy and he doesn't have to come up to me and be like, oh, can you not do this? So anyway, back to the fucking point of the story is, there's a handful of people that I'll still feature for for those reasons. And uh, this is probably going to be my last time featuring at least – it depends on who it is though. But at least I'd say at these clubs at the House of Comedies who already works me as a headliner. So, But they just never have given me a headlining date in this location in Arizona. I've worked all the other ones as a headliner. So finally they've given me my headlining date June 22nd through the 25th. So if you're at the Arizona shows, um, you want to see me headline, do a full hour – come back um but besides that, i had a great time featuring you know i was doing 25 30 minutes on stage you know having great sets having a great time with the people and and it honestly it's like one of my favorite clubs to do because they put you up at the condo which is just so nice and it's like you got a pool hot tub gym but everything right there is so close you walk across the street the comedy clubs there there's um the mellow mushroom next door where all the comedians always hang out after the shows because the drinks and the food is cheap. You get pizzas and stuff. And then you got, um, you know, there's just so many bars and nightlife right there on that strip. So it's just, it's one of the fun ones, but yeah, I think uh, in terms of house of comedy, um, I'm not going to do it. And you have to promote yourself. Sometimes I walk into the club and you know, one of the owners was there on Thursday and he was like, uh, what are you doing here? You're featuring? And he was, he's like kind of busting my balls a little bit. He was like, he's like, you don't really know how this business works, do you? And so he says to me, he goes, you're not, you're, just, you're not supposed to go backwards. You're supposed to go forwards. And, and, and he's absolutely right, you know. Um, I mean, for me, it was New Year's Eve, and it's nice to work on New Year's Eve, you know. I didn't already have any headlining dates. I'm not big enough to where that club would have given me one of their other rooms to headline. And um, so, I mean... I got asked by tricks to do it. And I said, sure, I'd rather work on New Year's Eve than not, you know, um, but it's, it's totally fine. It's not going to, it didn't interfere at all with my already existing headlining date. And it was great. I got to go on stage and kill it every night and tell people, Hey, if you want to see me headline, come back, give them tickets and stuff. So, so, so it worked out. Um, <clears throat> and, and that's what you want to do. But, the, but you, you've got to always be promoting yourself. 
like not demoting yourself. So if you're waiting for people to come along and just be like, well, we're promoting you at your job, it's just not going to happen. If somebody could, they will just keep you where you are and continue to take from you and and pay you what they're paying you and see how much they can get from you from that. And if you do nothing about it, they are not going to promote you on their own. They're not going to walk in and go, here's a raise one day. They're not. You've got to approach them. You've got to go after it. You've got to ask for a raise, change your job, promote yourself. You have to do it. So if you want to be, if you, if you want to stop emceeing, if everybody goes like, hey, host my show, host my show. You don't really like hosting anymore. Um, hosting's great to start off doing stand-up, you know, especially weekend gigs. You learn the ins and outs. You learn like a, a lot, so you should definitely start off hosting. But if you've been doing it for a while and you're already sick of it, and you want to be bumped up to that next level of a feature, and you know you're like, I can do fucking 25 minutes, and and I, I'm sick of hosting. You don't want to do it. You know what you gotta do, guys? You gotta promote yourself, and and you do that by turning down hosting gigs. Somebody offers you a with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Posting, you just got to go. I really appreciate it, but uh, no, thank you. I'm, I'm, like, I'm trying to try. You know, don't be disrespectful. Be very thankful. Just be like, I'm trying not to host anymore. Like, uh, you know, this. Just tell them. You know, just be respectful, but tell them the truth. Whatever, however you guys say. Be like, ah, my New Year's resolution is, is, you know, not to host anymore because I'm trying to bump myself up to feature. If you have any feature work, like, please give me the chance. I'll show you I could do it. You know, you you got to do it. And then, and then some clubs will start to feature you. Some clubs will start to feature you, and then another one's going to start asking you to go back and MC, and you're going to be like, well, this one, I'm already featuring. You're going to have to make that decision to sacrifice the MC work because you don't want people, you're featuring already now, and you don't want anybody to see you as any less than that. So these are, um, excuse me, I had a little lint on my camera. Just bother me. These are little things that, that uh, you can do to promote yourself, and but you, at the end of the day, have to be, willing to make that sacrifice because you could turn down a lot of work stage time which is very hard to get depending on where you live fuck it even in la where there's so much stage time it's hard to get stage time there's too many comics here so you gotta you're gonna have to make the call on that one you guys but i will say <clears throat> this one last thing before i let you go hopefully you guys are t- getting something from this educationally here at homeschool podcast especially if you want to be a performer um I mean this in no disrespect towards anyone specific because I won't mention anyone specific. So, uh, But I have been thinking to myself, not that I would do it, but if I were to quit stand-up, not saying I'm doing it, not saying I'm thinking about quitting, but I'm saying if one day I were to, I don't think it would be rejection that made me do it. I don't think it would be depression that made me do it. You know what would be the reason? It would be of how hard it is to watch bad comedy. Now that might sound like 
a, the biggest egotistical thing that you could say, like, I think I'm so good. No, I, I know I can be better. I know I'm always going to be progressing to be better. Every year you should be better than the last year, of course. But you don't know the anxiety of watching bad comedy on stage, especially if you're next. Oh, man, it's hard. I get such anxiety, especially, you know, it's it's a new it's a new weight on my shoulders. I've taken on since I've started headlining is I, I didn't care as much before. Like if I was the opener, I didn't care how the fucking feature did or how they well if you're the MC, if the feature does bad you should care because that means you gotta go up and get the room back before you bring on the headliner I also wouldn't care if the headliner you know it didn't bother me as much if I, in LA I'm doing a show and there's like you know LA has showcase style shows so it's not MC feature headliner it's just a bunch of comics that do like 15 minutes each so like some of them aren't good or the one that like who cares you know what I mean but I've noticed that like when I take in the role of headliner that this has really weighed down on me the past couple of years is like the, the the pressure of like I know how much people are paying to see a show and at the end of the day they're paying to see me if you're the headliner you know people are expecting the headliner to be the best one obviously they expect the openers to not be as good as the headliner sometimes you get a great fucking opener um but people pay their hard earned money to go out and buy a ticket, whatever it costs, $15, $25, $30 for a ticket, and you buy a ticket, and then you got to get a babysitter, you're going out and you're buying drinks too, you know, it, 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 we're in a recession, you know, and, but we, even if it wasn't, it's, it, it, these people that go out to comedy clubs are, are, are blue collar, hardworking people, they work hard for their money, and it is, it pains me to see comic after comic bombing, again, I'm not specifically talking about any comic, I'm not mentioning anybody's names, I'm not, like, going after a recent experience in Arizona or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, I'm talking about over the course of two years of who I've been seeing open for me in other states, you know, other cities, whether uh, it's the MC, the feature, or somebody came by and did a guest spot. The stuff I'm seeing is like, it gives me so much anxiety because I know that people paid money to come see this show. And that pressure's all on me. And... You're there as the opener to kind of take a little bit of that weight off my shoulders. Uh, do you know the term that comedy clubs use for openers? They'll, they call it support. They'll say, you know, I have a budget of $300 for support. Or who are you bringing for support? Like that's they, when they say that, that means you're openers, okay? <clears throat> so it's it's the word support and that's what you are you're there you're your support like a like a best actor and a supporting actor you know if you are like these are things that you guys should be knowing you should be knowing now i'm going to give you some tips on how you can get better at all this stuff at the end i'm not just fucking picking on people but i am telling you that it gives me anxiety i want the crowd to get their money's worth and i don't want it to all come down on me also 
Um, it's going to be that much harder for me to give them a good show if you're doing bad. If there's like two, three comics in a row that are all bombing, by the time I get up there, like, have zero faith in this show. I have to dig my way out of a hole. And by the time I've dug my way out of a hole, they've only got 20 minutes of fucking having a good time. So maybe half hour. So your job is to, as as support, is to take a little bit of weight off the, off my shoulders. Now, obviously, the majority of it is still on the headliner's shoulders, but you have jobs as a feature act, as the middle act, as the opener, to do that. That's your job, okay? That that's it. Your your job is support to to take the the pressure a little, take a little bit of that workload on you, and uh, fill the time. So that the audience is getting a ninety-minute show, you know, a full a full show, and that's your responsibility. And as an MC, you have a you have a couple of responsibilities. And this is why it's good to start out MCing. That's how I started. You know, when you go on the road, uh, you you learn how to be a comic, and you should also be learning a lot about the business when you're an MC, because you know you're checking with this. If you're an MC, you're checking with the staff on. When the checks drop, you know, uh, when to light them, uh, make the announcements about upcoming shows and bathrooms and turn your cell phones off and no heckling and things like that. Like these are things that I don't I don't know why that it's just not when I was a comic coming up. This was just like common knowledge. I feel like it's just I think it's just not anymore. It's not common sense anymore. But these are things that you need to know as a comedian if you want to be a comedian. Like, guys, take classes, read books, watch stand-up. you got to know this stuff, okay? Um, <clears throat> as an MC, the, the, the audience almost sees you, and I've actually literally heard this from audience members' mouths. They see you as an employee of the club. I've literally had people tell me, oh, so it was just the two comics? And I'm like, what do you mean? There was three. And they're like, oh, the MC counts? Like, people have said that to me. They said it to me this weekend. I've had people tell me, like, um, to the MC, they go, oh, that guy doesn't work here? And they're like, no. That guy's not a fucking employee of the con-. But you have to understand, in the eyes of the audience, you represent the comedy club. And if you're MCing, you should dress nice. Now, I hate telling comics what to do on stage. I'm not telling you to wear a fucking dress shirt every single night of the week. But... Special event? Come on, where, where, where? Something nice. New Year's Eve, you know, uh, Valentine's Day, where people, where the ticket price jumped up. You know what I mean? Ticket prices jump up on those holidays. It's like eighty dollars a ticket, fifty dollars a ticket to go out and see comedy, and you're gonna go and you're gonna see a guy wearing an old sweatshirt or a hoodie that hasn't been washed in two weeks. It's just you gotta look professional. But besides that, even if it's not a holiday. Um, you can be casual on the, you know, weekday shows and then Friday you got to bump it up a little bit. I'm not saying that much Friday and Saturday shows. You gotta, you gotta dress nice. You gotta like, whether it's like something hip, like in style, like really cool or like a dress shirt or something, you know, or if you're a female performer, you know, whatever you want to wear, it's gotta be a little dressier, you know, don't be wearing sweatpants on stage. Don't be wearing hoodies on a weekend um you know if you if you want to wear a nice sweatshirt get a nice sweatshirt that's nice you know it looks like I'm not, i know comics are struggling i'm not telling you to go drop 200 dollars on a sweatshirt i'm telling you you know you can get something presentable um whatever you got to do but 
it, this this stuff is important. Like this is these are things that I don't know why they're not being taught anymore. Like they're not registering. Like the first comic that the audience sees is the host. He welcomes everybody to the show. When the lights come up, that's who's out first. And I'm not saying you got to be in a tuxedo every time, but you have to like present yourself with energy. Be happy to be there. Don't come out and be like, who's up, guys? If you're a low energy comic, you you shouldn't be hosting. And if if a club is booking you to host and you're a low energy comic, the club doesn't know what they're doing, and, or the booker doesn't know what they're doing. They, you should be getting middle spots, especially if like I've seen guys that are really funny. They're just slow and dry. You're not a host. No energy, like stoner attitude. Like it's, you know, if if somebody does book you to be a host, you got to come out with energy. You know, dress the part. Dress the part, you guys. Um, dress the part for the job you want, as as they say. But. I, but people spent money. They look at you as an employee of the club, and I know you're not, and I know you don't want to be looked at like that. But but you do represent the club. The club's gonna appreciate it. That stuff goes a long way, and they're gonna they're they're gonna throw you more work down the line. And and that's the bottom line. And um, so these are things that you can do. And again, it's not just dressing. It, it's like common sense things. Like these are things that should be taught in a class. You know, like if you're the host how to dress jokes that you shouldn't open with until the crowd's warmed up. Uh, you know, you can't go like right into, if you're the host, you can't go right into like a raw dog and fucking joke. You got to like ease into that stuff later, you know, warm them up a little bit and then you bring on the feature. And then if the feature does great, your job is to bring the headliner up right away or the next comic right away. If a comic doesn't do good as the MC, your job is to do one joke really quick, something that gets a laugh really fast or a minute or two just to get the you know 30 seconds a minute get the audience laughing and then bring up the next comic so your job is to do time when the comic bombed and did not do time when the comic did it bring the next comic up to ride that wave and i'm sorry it sucks i know you want to ride the wave but that's not your job as an mc your job as an mc is to warm up the crowd for them for the next comic coming up that's your job okay don't be bitching about it. That's your fucking job. We all had to go through. I had to go through it for years. You're going to work your way up that ladder. All right? Um, little things like that, you guys. So so these are things that, uh, you know, it, it, that you need to work on. And I would say some other tips is I would say it might not be a bad idea for you to get a job at a comedy club. It's the, it's, you know, it's. It sucks after a while. I know the pay isn't always good. It's always like minimum ways to get you washing dishes or something. But if you can like be a door guy or seat people, sell tickets, um, what's you know what whatever it is, park cars, run the sound is the best because then you're watching every single show. If you can just run sound, like play music, you know, if, if be in the sound booth, like that's an ideal comedy club job because you're just getting an education you're watching the comics that bombed and what they did wrong and you're watching the, the best comics out there and what they did right it's just an education another good one is just you know bartending you get to talk to the comics and you become friends with them they take you on the road that's a great way to network or just being front of the house at all in the terms of door guy that's where comics hang out and talk you know things like that but it's just the learning the business side of it and and uh, just getting an education as a as a performer, other things that I would say. So so work at a comedy club and read about stand up, watch YouTube clips, listen to this podcast, um, listen to other stand up podcasts, and most importantly, most importantly, well, most important number one is getting on stage. That's how you get best always. But right after that, 
the best thing you can do to learn and educate yourself is watch a lot of fucking stand-up comedy. Um, preference, go out and watch as much stand-up comedy live as you can. Second preference, listen to stand-up comedy. Listen to as many specials as you can while driving, while walking, while running. Um, listen to them. Third preference watch a lot on uh tv you know netflix specials hbo whatever whatever, whoever whatever comedy central whatever whatever the fuck um to steal their jokes no to see how stand-up is done a something i say all the time which was taught to me by joey diaz which was taught to him by somebody else is in order to in order to entertain you must first be entertained in order to entertain, you must first be entertained. You want to write a book? You got to read a lot of books. You want to write a script? You got to write a lot. You got to read a lot of scripts. You want to be a stand-up comedian? You got to watch a lot of stand-up comedy. You want to be an actor? You got to watch a lot of movies. You got to. You got to. You got to. In order to entertain, you must first be entertained. You need to see the best do it. It also doesn't hurt to see the worst do it to see what they're doing wrong, and um, just get yourself an education. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Study it. Study it, study it, like like it's homework. I've always been like that. I've just been one of those guys. I've always been a student of the game. And I worked at a comedy club, so if I wasn't watching live comedy, I was listening to it. When I was in the back vacuuming, you know, or doing dishes at the comedy club, had me doing dishes or, or texting to give away free tickets. Stuff. I had my headphones on, and I was listening to Pandora on you know, so it was giving me random stand-up comics, listening to all, so different clips, boom, boom, different guys, different styles, like bump, constantly. So that's the preference is watch as much stand-up comedy as you possibly can live, then listen to audio. Third option is specials. That's the order where you're going to get the most from it, okay? That's where you get the most. <clears throat> Trust me on that one. So I, I hope that you take this to heart, and and I and I hope to to see everybody fucking murdering out there and doing great and and i'm always here for help you can message me on instagram um or you can go to my website augustinocomedian.com click on contact those do go to my emails i do get to them as soon as i can and uh and that's it everybody thank you for listening i hope you got something from this i hope you were entertained um, if you're not a stand-up comedian, I hope it in some way inspired you of how to progress in things that are going on in your life, whether it be career or relationship or anything else in life. Either way, I hope you're getting something from it. But again, thank you to everybody who has continued to support me in 2022, everybody that came out to those shows. And I got a lot of 2023 tour dates coming out for you. As I mentioned, I'm headlining the Arizona House of Comedy. I'll be back there June 22nd through 25th. Put it in your calendar. Don't forget. Hit me up. Um, I'll get you on a guest list since you were, if you were already at my uh, this, this New Year's show, I'll invite you to come back on my guest list. Um, but besides that, January 19th, I'll be in Paso Robles, California at California Coast Brewing. Um, it's probably, I don't know, my fourth or fifth time doing that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> and uh, I'm actually going to be hosting that one. I haven't hosted in years. So this is going to be a challenge for me and doing it to go back and, and learn some of those chops. But for the most part, it's just that I've been going there twice a year for like the past two or three years. And and 
I, I feel like they've seen me headline so many times. I'm going to bring a couple other guys to do their thing and, and I'm going to host it. Um, but anyway, that's uh, always a great time. Always sells out. And I got fucking great comics I'm bringing. So that's January 19th, Paso Robles, California. And then um, February 14th, I will be in Sacramento, California. Two shows. There's a 7.30 and a 9.30 for a Valentine's Day special. Headlining. Um and then uh, March 24th and 25th, I'm in New York, uh, uh, like 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 White Plains on the 24th, and then Brooklyn on the 25th, and 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 that's what I got for you guys right now. There's there's more tour dates. It's all on my calendar, and uh, tickets are on sale. So so go to homeschoolpod.com or augustinocomedian.com. Goes to the same place, augustinocomedian.com. Click on tour, and I hope to see you guys at one of the shows, and. Um, and that's it. That's it. You know, like I said, if you were at the Arizona show and you want to come see me headline in June, message me and I will hook up with my with my guest list just because you 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 came out once already. But for the most part, I don't like to do any comps. And um, even even for like family and friends, I'm so blessed that like you know I've everywhere I go, I always have like family and friends I know that come out to the shows and they support me. Like I, I love that. I have no problem with that at all. But like I also have no problem with putting them on a guest list. But I've been thinking about even like friends and family, like making them go to the website and and to get their tickets because because uh, I need people to understand that they need to go through all the motions themselves of how to go out somewhere. It's not about money for me. Like I, if for friends and family, I love putting you on my guest list all day to save you money. I don't care. Like I would love to save you money. I'd rather you know you you be there than not. So. It's not about the money, but for me, it's the people that are texting me and like, what's the address? Where do I park? What time do you go on? What's the age limit? What's the dress code? Is it 18 and over? Is it 21 and over? And I don't mean to sound like a dick. And if it was just like one person, it would be like, oh yeah, um, I think it's like, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, 18 and over or whatever. You know what I mean? That's fine. But the thing is, is that's like people start at like everywhere I go, I have a bunch of people that or trying to come out to my shows and they're all texting me. And a lot of it's like leading up to like showtime where I'm preparing mentally and I'm getting texts like, what's the address? Where do I park? And, uh, you know, you know, what's the age limit? And can I bring my cousin who's fucking 12? And, uh, you know, is there two drink minimum? Is there a dress code? Like, you know, so I'm starting to think of like not giving away comps just because I want you to go to the website, go through the motions of buying yourself a ticket, reading everything right there. Because everybody else who isn't my friend or family in the audience got there somehow. They figured all this out on their own. They weren't texting the performers. This is stuff that you can just, you know, it's online. I'm performing in an establishment that does stand-up comedy. This, so I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start either like creating a promo code so they can get a discount. Or just telling them, go get your tickets online. I'll reimburse you or I'll buy you drinks there or something like that. But be, I, I can't have people co- constantly texting me this stuff when I'm trying to get ready to do the show. Like, this is stuff that you guys got to go. Like, if you bought your tickets, you would know all this. It's all right there. You can read the show times, what time it starts, what time you should get there, is there food. All that's on the website. So I, I got to start sending people to the website just because I can't be, get, I can't be uh, you know, getting all these texts right before I go on stage. So, um, but anyway, that was just a little extra 
extra little rant there at the end. But anyway, thank you guys so much. Again, Happy New Year. I wish you all the best in 2023, and you keep coming back to see me. I'm Augustino Zoida. This is Homeschool Podcast. Peace. Homeschool Podcast. Homeschool. The Homeschool Podcast. Why? Because it was homeschool. I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, okay. I don't want to do that at all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.